Good morning, good morning. Cable Smith welcoming everybody to the Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Lone Star Beer. Of course, it had to be Brandon Keys. Saltwater Bays kicking things off for us today. I tell you what, the saltwater has been calling me more than ever this summer. Just got back from my third trip down to the coast in the last month, and man, it was rough. <laughs> the waves and the wind were killer. We didn't get to go offshore, so no red snapper. Uh, but myself and three good buddies waded in the Laguna Madre on Saturday. Caught a mess of trout. I think 13 keepers, a couple redfish. And man, we went at it all day. I mean, there wasn't any. The only thing we, we left was to go <laughs> We left to go get more bait, actually. Uh, croaker soakers, that, that's what you call us. But then on uh, Monday, I headed over to Baffin Bay Rod and Gun and did something completely different. And fished saltwater with artificials only for the first time in some 15 years of fishing the Texas coast. So uh, that was something different. And to be honest with you, something I really enjoyed. Uh, it's always been a little intimidating thinking, oh, well, I've had success throwing live bait. I only get to go down for a couple days at a time. And I want to put fish in the cooler because I want to make delicious meals. I don't want to mess with artificial. I mean, that's been the mindset. But um and I and I've bought lures and I've actually tried just fishing, you know, on family vacations with said lures in the surf with no luck. But um had some luck this time and a lot of that has to do with who I was fishing with, Captain Sally Black of Baffin Bay Rod and Gun and uh and what there'll be more on Sally coming up in a second, a lot more. So, you know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old Stanley Thermos because we're ready to rock and roll. And this episode is going to be focused entirely on the last best place on the Texas coast. And if you're not from Texas, maybe there's a spot in your state or maybe, you know, if you don't have access to the ocean, maybe it's a mountain stream that uh, you can relate to. But Baffin Bay is a place of trout fishing lore. It is hands down the best trout fishery, speckled trout, or some people call them spotted sea trout, but it's the best speck fishery in the Gulf Coast region. I think Florida has a really good one as well, but um, Baffin Bay is a place that is near and dear to the heart of every trophy trout fisherman. So if you're looking to uh, get into that 30-inch trout club, then you know about Baffin Bay. And it's a unique place for a lot of reasons, some of which are out of my realm of expertise, and that's why we're going to have Captain Sally Black, who has been guiding on the Texas coast for 20-something years, and particularly Baffin Bay for a decade or more. Um, she's going to join us, as well as our good friend Darren Jones, who actually made the introduction uh, for Sally and I, as he's a longtime friend of hers and her late husband, uh, Aubrey Black. But yeah, Darren will be here, and we'll hit on his new endeavor, a cool company, Feral Concepts, which really makes products that benefit or cater to the wade fishermen. 
Uh, so cool stuff on that coming up as well. And Darren's a uh, he's a native of the Texas coast as well. So Baffin Bay is a place that he and his father have been fishing for some 25 or 30 years. And he recently caught, well, it's been a couple of years, but he caught his biggest, uh, his personal best trout, 33-incher fishing with Sally and Aubrey a couple of years ago. And he's going to talk about that uh, big fish story. I love a good big fish story. And Darren tells this one really well. So looking forward to having him share that story, that experience. Um, overall, really excited about today's broadcast, which I taped with Sally and Darren at Baffin Bay Rod and Gun after our fishing trip this past week. So, um, yeah, if you're into big fish, if you're into saltwater fishing, this show is certainly right there in your wheelhouse. Let's do this. Let's do a quick giveaway. And I've got a one of Darren's Feral Concepts tackle boxes and wade fishing strap. It goes over your shoulder, not the traditional wade fishing belt that all of us croaker soakers have, but uh, Feral Concepts tackle box, and we'll throw in a Baffin Bay rod and gun cap and koozie. Let's do, let's do this. Just email the word trout, that's trout, to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. We'll get you entered into today's giveaway. Coming up next is the allure and the legend of Baffin Bay on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. South down to Laguna Madre, cruising over the causeway. There's nobody here, the coast is all clear. It's my kind of day, I'm Padre. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at 3curl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Hi, this is Captain Sig Hansen from the Deadliest Catch. You're listening to the Lone Star Show. Lone Star Outdoors Show. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Captain Sig Hansen from the Deadliest Catch, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Perfect. In a lighthouse shining out to the sea To the shrimpers staring in disbelief And the mermaid saying he's gotta believe That a light will take him home That's our very own Shane Smith and the Saints Bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show Presented by Lone Star Beer Cable Smith here with you today Thank you so much for tuning in As we're about to head to one of the most Legendary Most mystical places left in the Gulf Coast region, and that is Baffin Bay, Texas. Uh, but before we do that, this segment of the presentation brought to you by First Light and the Ridgeline Quarter Zip Pullover. It's designed for warmer days, scouting the backcountry, turkey hunting, or in my case, wade fishing. It's four-way stretch nylon, gives you the right amount of wind resistance and protection from the sun. And let me tell you, it was howling. It was 25 to 30 mile an hour winds down at the coast this past weekend. Temperatures about 90 to 95. So turns out 
With its fast drying nature, the QZ, perfect for the Wade Fisherman. You can find it as well as First Light's entire lineup at firstlight.com. First Light, go further, stay longer. And with that being said, let's go ahead and bring on today's guest, Captain Sally Black of Baffin Bay Rod and Gun, and our good friend Darren Jones of Feral Concepts. It's great to have you guys on. Thank you, Cable. Great yeah. being here. Well, actually, I'm I'm here at your place right now, but uh, it's <laughs> it's great to have you on the show. Thanks. Got uh, Darren here as well, and uh, you and Darren have been friends a long time. I've known Darren for probably five years or so, and a good dude, and he's the one that got us hooked up here. Yeah, it's great. I think we've known each other for about 15 years. Yeah. So before we get into Baffin Bay, the fishery, tell us a little bit about yourself as an angler and guide. Well, I started guiding in 1998 in Rockport, uh-huh. and I started out like everybody else, bait fishing, and back then it was BC before croaker. <laughs> so you had to throw a cast nut and get finger mullet and fish the flats, and it was super easy. Uh-huh. And when I first got started, I had an instant clientele, and it was families. Really? So I always had lots of kids and moms and dads and catching redfish and running around the boat screaming and, and uh-huh. throwing one-ounce um, lead egg sinkers and... You know, five lot wide gaps with uh, live finger mullet, which catching the bait at that time was part of the program. So everybody Mm -hmm. pitched in, you know, all the kids carried the buckets and Mm -hmm. I threw the cast nut and it was a hoot, but it lasted a few years and I got pretty bored with it. And so I, um, I just happened to be at the shallow water fishing expo in Houston and I got to meet Flip Pallet and Jose Wahebe and all those guys, Stu Apt, Uh um, Lefty Cray. And I was just like, thinking to myself this is my future fly fishing uh-huh. but i had a gigantic 24 foot carolina skiff so i thought well that ain't never going to happen because <laughs> i'm just a poor old fishing guy and you know there's no way i could afford one of those fancy polling skiffs uh-huh. so one lefty of th- craze of legend in- oh man he is he is something else yeah. and i've been lucky since i've been doing this for so long you know i've been really lucky to get to know a lot of those guys and and um, see them at different places and have cool conversations and whatever but i wouldn't call us friends but you know yeah. we, all, we all know who each other is but anyway um so i wanted to do that shallow water fishing and and sight casting and fly fishing and i didn't really know how to do it and one of my friends bought a kayak for 50 bucks at a garage sale now granted this is back in the late 90s so this uh-huh. is way before the plastic navy ever ever started and are you still a paralegal at this point no i quit okay so no. you, you did that for quite a while i did 15 years uh-huh. i was a paralegal for 15 years yeah. but um the last 10 years i was a contract paralegal because it messed up my fishing <laughs> <laughs> so right. i didn't want to have a real job uh-huh. but uh anyway so i put this kayak in my big boat and off i went to this back lake that i'd seen birds working and i put my fly rod in the kayak and i paddled on in there and and it was like a light bulb went off over my head this is how i am going to achieve my goal of being a fly guide kayaks mm-hmm. and everybody made fun of me all the other guides made fun of me and but i was you know undaunted and i i got a dealership with ocean kayak and i rigged out all these boats and then i to talk people into coming with me I rigged up a boat and I drug it all over Texas. I went to all the shows. I went to all the CCA meetings, Hill Country, C- San Antonio, Austin. Oh. And I mean, I I just turned into the kayak queen. And <laughs> that's how I got started. And and then all of a sudden, kayak fishing was half my business. Mm. And uh, I was lucky enough to, to get a polling skiff at that time from Maverick um, and HPX, which is the top 
of uh, Florida-style polling skiffs. And so I had both boats at that time. And I fished Rockport forever and ever and ever until about 2007, I started seeing the writing on the wall. It was getting real crowded. And there were tons of airboats. And I thought, you know, I think I've got the best of this place. And I started looking. And I called up Aubrey Black. He was a fishing guide here on Baffin Bay. And I asked him, hey, is there any good shallow water fishing down there in Baffin? And he said, I don't know. So I started coming down here and doing some research. And good Lord, the fish were as stupid as could be. And huh. nobody was fishing them. And I'm like, you know. And how long I'm had gonna... Aubrey been here? Since 02. Okay. So, um, but he was a trout guru. Mm -hmm. And he never really ventured knee deep or less. And so I got him doing that. And golly, he got addicted. And we fell in love. And we got married in 2010. And, and um and then I had to learn really the hard way to compete with him being a trophy trout guru. Uh -huh. And I worked my <sighs> butt off because, A, not that we were competitive, but, A, you know, I had a reputation to uphold, right? Yeah. I'm just, granted, I was a fly guide and a sight caster and mostly a redfish fisherman. But trophy trout, when you're, when you're in Rome... You must do as Romans do, right? So if you're fishing Baffin, you better be a dang good trout guide. So I worked at it and worked at it and stood next to him and had him just whip me hard and just catch fish right next to me. And we're both using the same lure and doing the same things. And I'm just getting my butt kicked. And, uh -huh. then, I, and then one day it was like, oh, the lights came <laughs> on. And all of a sudden I got it. And mm -hmm. it was about presentation. It really wasn't about anything other than that. Yeah. The fish in Baffin are a different creature than any other bay system. And so low and slow and real methodic and, um, you know, the presentation was the key to success. Yeah. And, it, and it was so cool because once I learned that, I could pass that on to my customers. Whereas before, I would just be thinking, shoot, trout fishing can't be that hard. Wrong. Wrong. Uh, being a trout, trophy trout hunter is um, a complex thing just like Baffin Bay is a very complex bay yeah. so lucky for me you know I was just such a uh, adamant fisherman and undaunted and really wanted to, to succeed and so and I did and so yeah. uh, lucky for me you know I'm still fishing Baffin and this is going to be my 22nd year as a professional fishing guide full-time so let me ask you when you broke into a what I would say, you know, ninety nine percent male dominated industry, especially back in the late nineties. Um, what was the reception like? Well it it went back even further than that. I, I bought my very first boat, a brand new boat in Rockport in nineteen eighty five and I was mm. twenty five years old. Oh I just gave him my age. <laughs> anyway, uh so I went I go to the boat ramp, you know, with my boyfriends or girlfriends or whoever I was taking fishing and or by myself and, and guys at the boat ramp in nineteen eighty five no women at the boat ramp when i say no i mean none none hmm. and so they'd say stuff like for a blonde you could sure back up a boat trailer <laughs> or maybe does your husband know you have his boat hmm. and i'm like hey this is my boat dude and so i just started fishing and fishing hard and fishing a lot and made a reputation for myself and and um you know when you catch a lot of fish and you put people on fish and you understand fishing. You don't have to fight that hard. You yeah. are what you are, man or woman. There's no heavy lifting in fishing, you know. 
Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you know, it's not like, you know, you need muscles or, you know, any particular brawn or speed or whatever. It's it's about outsmarting the fish with a piece of plastic. And well, really, that's about it. So but not much has really changed as far as you look around and there's still not a lot of women fishing guides out there. Uh, no. Maybe a few more than there were in, when you started. But I don't know. You know, there were four of us back then. And now I'm the last man standing uh -huh. and um there's a couple of younger girls thinking about it but you know you have to have a really specific skill set and i don't i just don't know if women are being taught that these days like i was a daddy's girl my my dad did not even know i was a girl till i was about 12 and it was pretty evident mm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. so and i told him i'm a girl i'm a girl but he would take me hunting <laughs> he would take me fishing and and i you know i drug all the game around and um he made me a special pair of waders that went up to my neck rubber because back in those days, you know, there wasn't any technical material and no, no girls or kids stuff, you know, and sure. I was the duck dog. So he just duct taped me into a rubber set of waders with a rubber jacket. And, and I, I put out the decoys and I picked up the ducks and, you know, I had just maintained a specific skill set based on what I was forced to do as a child. Right, right. You know, well, you know, if you look on social media, you would think that there's tons of female fishing guides, uh, like all those girls in Florida <laughs> that have uh, three hundred thousand followers. And then you look, and yeah, there's a picture of them with a fish, but then here's my fish, here's my ass, type of thing. You know, <laughs> well, <laughs> how authentic I, is it, right? You I know, mean, <laughs> I fight this all the time. Um, not me personally, but you know, th these women coming up, it's kind of disheartening a little bit because <clears throat> I've worked 30, 35 years to make uh -huh. women's fishing legitimate. And all it takes is, you know, a chick in a bikini, not legitimately catching a fish, but holding up a pretty nice fish uh -huh. to have 300,000 followers. And um, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Let the fishing speak for itself, mm. right? So I don't care if you're a man or a woman. If you're a great fisherman, you are a great fisherman. Mm -hmm. And those girls don't ever stand a chance. Exactly. They got to respect themselves if they want, uh, especially dudes, to respect them. I mean, so easy, guys. Get on and see a picture of a butt and like, ooh, I like that. But don't really even pay attention to whether or not the girl can or can't fish because she's letting it all hang out, so to speak. Uh, but we do need to take a quick break. I want to really focus. <laughs> what a weird transition there. But... Uh, I want to focus on what makes Baffin Bay such a great fishery when we come back. So y'all stay tuned for that. Uh, that segment brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land is the one thing they're not making any more of, but we all want it. Whether that's for hunting, fishing, recreating, running cattle, or just to get the hell out of the big city. Lone Star Ag Credit has you covered. They've been at it for over a century, and uh, they'd love to help that dream become a reality for you. Check them out at LoneStarAgCredit.com. We'll be right back with more from Captain Sally Black and Darren Jones. The legend of Baffin Bay continues right here on the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Hey guys, Cable here for Quiet Cat, the leader in e-bikes made specifically for overlanding, hunting, fishing, and remote access to the great outdoors. Quiet Cat provides outdoor enthusiasts a means of portable, low-impact transportation while providing you with the most reliable product on the market. I own a Quiet Cat, 
and it has surpassed all my expectations. It's an amazing machine that stealthily gets me wherever the hunting or fishing adventure takes me. Based out of Eagle, Colorado, QuietCat is able to put all of their products to the test, making sure your e-bike is built to last. Visit QuietCat.com or call 970-328-2399 for more info. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. We'll be reeling some men and letting some go. Soaking in that Gulf of Mexico. Saltwater junkies fishing for a good time. Just casting a line. There's little Roy Solis casting a line. It's the name of that one. Bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith here with you today. Thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Players. Our presenting sponsors, thanks to y'all for being here as we are wading into the mystique and lore of Baffin Bay here on today's broadcast. And we'll jump back into that conversation with Captain Sally Black and Darren Jones here momentarily. First, however, this segment brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. When you do catch that uh, 30-inch trout, you know who to call. And while I don't have a, uh, I'm not in the 30-inch club, I do have a 29 and a half, Josh and Becky Gunther over at Rustic Reminders made an incredible replica, and they'll do the same for you. Just take your measurements and photos, and they'll turn out an exact replica of your catch. You can find them at gr8mounts.com. All right, getting back into today's conversation, uh, Captain Sally, uh, Darren, thanks for sticking around. Certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Darren, let me ask you this. You kind of grew up in the South Texas area, and you tell me you remember coming to to Baffin pretty early on. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Corpus Christi. Uh-huh. I was born and raised in Corpus. And, um, you know, my dad and I, uh, you know, living in Corpus, we fished pretty much all the places we could wade in because uh, we didn't have a boat there for the longest time. So we, we waited a lot and we always waited. Yeah. So we sounds wait. like my duck hunting career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I'm getting older. I'm like, uh, people invite me to go on their private ponds. Or I actually got a duck lease this year for yeah. a bunch of private ponds so I could take my kids. But, yeah, you know, in the day it was, let's get up at 3 a.m. and walk two miles to the spot and hope that we're the first ones there. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did a lot of that. And, you know, the thing is, you know, growing up in Corpus, there's a lot of good public access. If you if you just, you know, if you think on like on a public land hunting thing, Corpus is really kind of kind of one of the, the best spots, I think, on the coast as far as just walk-in waiting because mm-hmm. you've got Shamrock, you've got out there by, you know, in Oso Bay by uh, Corpus Christi or Texas A&M Corpus, uh, Portland, you know, Indian mm-hmm. Point. Uh, Rockport has some good walk-in stuff. Um, you also have, uh, you know, Shamrock and, and, you know, you can, parts of Nighthawk you can drive into and Bird Island and Nighthawk. That's where, uh, my buddies and I drowned about 15 dozen croaker this yeah, weekend. Murdered a bunch of croaker up <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. That gets costly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, talking about Baffin, um, I started fishing Baffin. We finally got a boat and, uh, about 1980, probably 81, 82 when I was a kid, and, you know, when, when you went to Baffin back in those days, 
you know, when you ran all the way down in a, you know, an 18 foot flat bottom with a 40 horse motor on it, you went all day. Yeah. It was an all day thing. You committed. Yeah. You were committed. <laughs> yeah. You weren't just like, Hey, we're just going for a couple hours. It was all day. Uh-huh. But, um, I, I remember baffing in the eighties and this is during, you know, when CCA was just coming alive and there were still trot lines in Baffin and, you know, illegal trot lines. And it was, it was a wild place. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot, you know, it's, it's pretty remote now even, but yeah. back then it was really remote yeah and you didn't see a lot of people and the fishing was i mean that's why you know as a young as a young man uh young kid you know 12 13 14 year old kid i've, I've caught some you know pretty nice trout because i threw bait with my dad up to a certain point and then uh he got hooked on catching trout on top waters and after that it was like we're not throwing anything else we're throwing top waters and plastics and yeah. we threw like broken back cotton cordels mm. uh you know threw a lot of spoons that kind of thing so yeah, it was. Uh, I've I've been doing the baffin thing uh, for a long time, and then uh, also uh, fished out of Port Mansfield. That's how I met Sally. I was guiding uh, for a guy named Bruce Schuler who owned Getaway Adventures at the time. Hmm. Uh, guided for him, and Sally brought down um, uh, a big group of women for a women's fishing retreat, and we were guiding down there, and that's how we got to know each other. And then, of course, I got to know Aubrey, and uh, started fishing baffin again. You know, I've, I've I kind of hopped it. I was fishing, you know, Mansfield on the Lower Laguna for many, many years, and I was always like, "Man, I need to get back to Baffin." And she's like, "We need to come up here and fish with me and Aubrey." And you know, and that's when I, I really got back into fishing Baffin yeah. predominantly. You know, so yeah, it's it's a special place for real. Well, so and Sally, when do you remember first hearing about Baffin Bay as this kind of mystic trout fishery? It, it was in maybe two thousand and two or three uh-huh so darren's no, knew about it i mean from being from here he knew about it for since you were a kid essentially. right right and people were people talking back in back in those days in the 80s were they talking about baffin as like this uh magical trout fishery or was it kind of like just the wild west and you just well i mean yeah there was i mean it's always been you know the king ranch shoreline um you know, even uh, we caught big trout over in, in shamrock and places like that but in the winter time when you have that northwest you're on that King Ranch shoreline. You're on that, you know, that North Shore, mm-hmm. uh, going back into, you know, running back into Alazan and places like that. And, you know, that's, uh, yeah, it was a long run back then. You either drove around from Corpus, you either lived here, like guys from Kingsville and people that lived here, the locals, you know, they, you know, it's their backyard. But Corpus guys, it's just easier to run out. Like, ah, let's just run out and go, you know, fish around, you know, Flower Bluff or somewhere like that. And you had to be, like I said, you had to be committed Mm-hmm. to come down here mm-hmm. before go fast boats you know now everybody's got a you know 250 300 horse merc and they can you know get down you know push it 65 miles an hour down here it doesn't take any time but back then it was it was an operation you know yeah. to get down here but yeah it was and and you know every it's all about big trout certain times of the year in baffin but there's also a very very healthy red fishery here uh-huh. i've caught the two biggest redfish of my life and i've lived in north carolina where they have monster redfish and uh i've caught two of the biggest reds of my life in baffin yeah uh like a, a, a legit 50 inch fish and a uh, uh when it was about i think it was like 47 inches uh, fishing at night with uh captain bo patrick one night who fishes here yeah yeah and and it's uh you know there, there's some rather large they call them the ghost you know, up in Alazan because they just show up, you know, you're, you're sitting there fishing, catching trout, catching these little reds. And all of a sudden you just hook into this, you know, aircraft carrier that almost spools you. And it's just like, where did this thing come from? And they're gigantic. 
so reds. So Sally, early two thousands, you started hearing about Baffin. Well, I knew I knew about it, but mm-hmm. I never really thought much about it. And you never was, fished it. No, I was pretty ensconced in the Rockport scene and, uh-huh. um, since the eighties, and so I was uh, at a charity event with a kayak, giving it away in Houston, and and uh, across the room I saw this really really handsome man, and and then he walked up to me and and said, you know, he'd always wanted to meet me, and I thought. Oh, another groupie. And then, <laughs> and then I uh, <laughs> and then I looked at his shirt and it had his name on it like all guides do, Captain Aubrey Black. And then I, I thought, wow, this guy is so cute. And I'd heard a lot about him. He'd made a big splash when he first got started. And um, so we talked a lot about Baffin then. And, and we always kept in touch. And we were um, married to other people at the time. So, you know, we didn't we weren't uh, doing anything crazy but uh, we always would like track each other down or mm-hmm. wherever we were fishing shows or events whatever and so um you know that that's why he, his name came up in my mind first when i wanted to get out of rockport because he was really uh, the baffin authority and you told me when he moved here he fished 60 days nonstop. no six months six months every day oh. for six months God. before he started guiding yeah so he had a firm grasp on what uh, he was yeah, doing. I would think so. Every day. Yes, yeah. and he marked all the rocks, you know, that he, any rock, he had a GPS in his pocket. And so as he was walking along, if he stepped on a rock, he'd mark it. Back then, the water was pretty clear. Baffin goes up and down. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's clear, sometimes it's not. But when it's clear, everybody. Today it was not. <laughs> no. It was 30, 35 miles an hour. Yeah. It was whipping us today. Yeah, it was a beat down. Uh-huh. But, um, so, you know, that's one of the things, if you're a Baffin fisherman, you have to mark rocks. That's a goal. Mm-hmm. So the more rocks you know, the more fish you catch. Because rocks here, they're circular worm casings. So they're more like a coral reef. And, um, and of course, like a coral reef, you know, they grow. Most of those big rocks grow this black um, lichen or whatever you might want to call it. I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. I'm not a biologist. But some kind of black moss of some sort. And... And that all attracts smaller fish, and that attracts bigger fish, and that attracts just like a coral reef, right? So it's the heart and soul of the bay. Mm-hmm. And this topography here is real interesting because th- there's no other place like it in Texas. Like, those rocks aren't anywhere else. They're right. just in Baffin. Yeah. And Baffin is a hyper-saline landlocked lagoon, and it doesn't have any tidal flow. So it's a couple hours from Corpus, a couple hours from Mansfield, the tide does never, never reaches Baffin Bay. So for that reason, everything stays the same here. And that's why the fish get bigger here. Uh-huh. They don't have to move around uh, because of the water uh, salinity, let's say. Like in Rockport or Port O'Connor or Port, Port Mansfield where water comes and goes. Tidal water comes and goes. So it could be... 50 parts per thousand salinity and then all of a sudden it's 35 parts per thousand and then it goes back to 40 and then it goes down to if it rains it goes down to 25 so the fish are always moving around trying to find their optimum um it's called homeostasis there's a word Mm. for it i'm not a scientist i was told this by a scientist but but it makes a lot of sense because if everything stays the same let's just say you lay on your couch all the time and food just shows up you're going to be pretty fat and happy, right? And, you, right. and nothing get, makes you get off that couch. Well, that's kind of how the fish are here in Baffin. Trout, redfish, Darren was talking about those giant redfish. So 
redfish and other bay systems, when they are about 27, 28, 29 inches, they all get together and leave and they don't come back. Yeah. So therefore, uh, there might be a few scattered here and about bigger fish, but in general, those big giant fish live offshore the rest of their lives and the babies come back. So in this bay system, those fish don't leave, trout don't move, everything, and mullet, oh my gosh, the food source here generally is mullet. Yeah. And so the, it's so like the, coming in here. This place is just full of mullet. Trying to drown a bunch of croaker wouldn't even be effective anyway, really. Well, not it's not as effective as it would be in other bases. And they don't eat a lot of shrimp here either. Not very many shrimp here. Uh-huh. No shrimping oh. here. Yeah. Not because of all the rocks. Yeah. And, and not very many shrimp. Some years there's more shrimp than others. Um, but anyway, it's just so unique that it's a mystery to most people because every other place in Texas runs north and south. Baffin Bay runs east and west. Baffin yeah. Bay has no tide. Everywhere else has a tide. If you're a tidal fisherman and you come to Baffin, it's like, uh, now what? <laughs> right? Like, how, how do you figure out where to go? Right. Because there's no tidal flow. Well, wind is a tide. Wind moves water. That's one thing. Wind has a current. But there's all kind of little mysteries about Baffin just like that. And that's what makes it so interesting to people. The more I hunt and fish, the more I pay attention to the salooner table and major minor feeding times. Um, whether that's deer hunting or fishing, you know, um, is that even more paramount in this type of fishery? Yes. The first thing I look at uh-huh. every day. And I don't want to be running around the bay thinking about where I'm going to go next during those feeding periods. They're like golden times, mm-hmm. right? And if you match a golden time like that with a sunrise or a dropping barometric pressure or any of those things that we use here, because we don't have a tide, to um, dictate where we like to fish mm-hmm. and b- just based on our experience here you know kind of have a feel on um, the time of the year those factors the bait and your target kind of tells you already in the morning kind of where you're going to look first off mm-hmm. and so when Aubrey passed away last last October right he had been keeping a log of how many 30 inch fish he had caught 30 and, inch and above right right, right. 30 inch and above right i and, found it in his phone and so the the number is astronomical 62 <laughs> yes he said um, that he caught and that doesn't count what he put his clients on right since 2002 <laughs> to 2000 probably 17 or 18 um it said clients 69 me, 62. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. So I have a 29, and it was like three quarters uh, that caught in Corpus Christi Bay six, seven years ago. And I know Darren has caught, what, you caught a 33 here, right? Mm-hmm. And what is your, your biggest? Uh, 10 pounds. 10 pounds. Yeah, I can't <laughs> seem to break the 10-pound mark. Uh-huh. But so how many inches would that fish be? It was over 32. It was uh-huh. probably 32 and a half. Yeah. And so for to put to put that into relative terms for the bass fishermen, I'm just gonna, it's like joining the double digit, like a 10 pound bass, wouldn't right. you think? It is, yeah. yes. Yeah. So the, the and to have 62 of them, I mean, that's right. just ridiculous. Right. And so nonchalant about <laughs> yeah. it as well. Uh-huh. Um, yes, he was a very humble, unassuming kind of person and really let, he let his fishing speak for itself. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that 10 pound bass, and back in the day, 28 inches was a trophy trout. Mm. And then it went to 30 in Baffin. Right. And now it's 32. Uh-huh. So <laughs> 32 is the new 28. 
Right on. So kind of like how 40 is the new 30, uh, which makes me feel good since I'm 38. But uh, um, we are going to take a quick break, come back, and Darren's got a big trout tale to share with us. Uh, Find out also about the history of Baffin Bay Rod and Gun. That segment was brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. Check out the Big Chingone. You want to put your whole family plus the dog in a blind? Maybe that's your idea of uh, social distancing. I know we've done it. Uh, But literally, tons of space, carpeted floors, cup holders, uh, shelves, windows for both bow or rifle, whatever you want. It's the Big Chingone. It's Henry's favorite. It will be yours as well. You can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. We'll be right back with more from Captain Sally Black and Darren Jones on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I lived in Corpus with my brother. We're always on the run. We were bad for one another, but we were good at having fun. We got stolen. British Columbia is world renowned for its beauty and wildlife, and Vancouver Island is revered as a magical place by hunters. Vancouver Island Coastal Bear Adventures specializes in taking mature trophy black bears with 18 inch minimum skulls in the six and a half to seven and a half year range. They also have Roosevelt elk tags and only take Boone and Crockett bulls each fall. 60% of their guiding area is located on private land. So whether you're looking for a Boone or black bear, once in a lifetime Roosevelt elk or a giant cougar, they've got the hunt for you. Visit VancouverIslandBearHunt.com to book your hunt today. That's VancouverIslandBearHunt.com. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffair for Hoffair's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffair's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. It's my little fishing spot, that's all I'll say. But if you see a boat with a T-top and polling platform, it's me holding a beer and wearing a smile in Baffin Bay. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Jody Jenkins, Baffin Bay, the name of that one. Uh, thanks so much for being here as we are talking about the legendary trout fishery, Baffin Bay, here today. A place that I've only been to a couple of times, most recently this past week, with Captain Sally Black and uh, our good friend, mutual friend Darren Jones, joined us on that trip as well. And we will dive back into this amazing fishery like none other uh, here momentarily. But first, this segment brought to you by Vortex Optics and the Razor HD LHT. It's one scope to rule them all. From dark timber whitetails to long-range shots on open country elk or mule deer and everything in between. It's the Razer HD LHT. Stunning high-definition optical system delivering a crystal clear sight picture where you're going to be able to turn every second of legal shooting light into opportunity. 
You can find the Razer HD LHT at vortexoptics.com. All right. Uh, well, Sally, Darren, thanks for sticking around. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you, Cable. As far as Baffin Bay, Rod, and Gun, when did this come around? Well, what is the history here? <clears throat> so I, I was um, Captain Sally's real fun charters uh-huh. out of Rockport. And Aubrey was Captain Black's Outdoor Adventures. So when we got married in 2010, we came up with Baffin Bay Rod and Gun because we fish and hunt. Yeah. And little did we know we would be shadow banned eventually on the internet, but <laughs> because of the word gun. Um, but still, it was hard because we both had brands, established, mm-hmm. long established brands. So it was kind of hard to give a, give all that up, but... People were so intrigued that we had gotten married and we melt, melted our businesses together and um, our, our place burned down in 2014. And so we had to start all over and we opened up a new lodge in 2016. And just the, the struggle was real and people were always cheering for us. Uh-huh. Which know? is where we're sitting today. A beautiful right. lodge. We're, we're recording this in the suite that I stayed in. And uh, you've got four other... Um, what you call them? Like cabanas, cabins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, swimming pool. Yeah, nice, nice pools that open up. Uh, nice rooms that open up onto the pool. Uh-huh. Uh, downstairs, and then the suite is upstairs, kind of secluded and yeah. nice. It's very, it's very nice, um, but not like uppity. No, you know, at the same time, right? It's it, like you. We're here to fish and party. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty comfortable. We're serious about the fishing, but we also want to have a cold beard so right. by the pool. And I, I call it comfortable, but but not ostentatious uh-huh. it's a it's a hangout and it's a great place and it's got a lot of comfort but on the other hand it's got a lot of freedom yeah yeah and i think that's one of the drawing cards baffin bay being such a mysterious and cool place kind of at the end of the road um we're, I, I was thinking i was like this place is like basically on the edge of the world you right? know kind of like you're just off the you're off the grid so we we coined the phrase baffin bay the last best place uh-huh. on the Texas coast. Nice. And day after day after day, it proves to be true. What I, I'm interested to know what like percentage of your clientele comes from out of state to chase these big trout. You know, not a whole lot. Yeah. Not a whole lot. Maybe I mean, after this, they will. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I don't see why people wouldn't. I uh-huh. mean, this. I mean, if you're, you know, the saltwater market is kind of small, but overall, uh, Florida has a big trout fishery the indian river and then i think baffin would be the other you know so if you if you are truly looking for a trophy trout there's only two places to go yeah yeah and um and people in texas this is where they come quiet little community how many people how many people live here you know it's not a big it's like maybe six or eight hundred people maybe Uh most of them are related if you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) they weren't very accepting when you guys Uh, no they don't like no they don't uh, like outsiders uh you know and um i've been like i said i've been here since um oh eight and they still don't like me so (laughs) well so i want to hear darren talk about the uh the 33 inch trout that you caught and then your taxidermist handed you a 28 inch mount Talk about that story. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've I've kind of let that rest a little bit. Um, no, uh, I I'd been down here fishing, you know, fishing with Sally and Aubrey several times. Caught a lot of good fish. Um, that was the winter of I believe it was sixteen, mm-hmm. twenty sixteen, 
And that was just a, you know, we actually talked to biologists. I remember them saying that that was a, you know, if you look back seven years from 16, that that was a really good recruitment year for trout. Mm-hmm. Like it, was a, the, it was a big spike in the bell curve for, for, for speckled trout. And, and we had already caught that November, me and my dad had caught a couple of fish in that, you know, the 27, 28, borderline 29s. I mean, on top waters in November, mm-hmm. when the November fishing gets really good right around Thanksgiving, it gets really good. And uh, I remember I was up in San Antonio and um, and the phone rang and I saw it was Aubrey and I picked it up. You know, hey, what's going on? I just thought he was calling, calling catch up. And he goes, are you looking at the weather? And I'm like, yeah. So there's a cold front coming. He goes, have you looked at what the moon's going to do? I'm like, yeah, it's going to be dark moon over major at like 10 o'clock, you know, on, you know, in two days from now. He goes, that, that front's going to hit in three days. He goes, you need to be here. <laughs> He goes, you need to be here because some one of us, he goes, I want you to come out with me and Sally. One of us is going to catch a big fish. He goes, we need to get it on video or we need to get a bunch of pictures because, you know, you big trout sell trips. I mean, people see a big trout get caught. They're like, I want to go do that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, great. So came down and uh, and uh, me and Sally and Aubrey went out. And I, I think that front was hitting that night from what I remember. I, yeah, it was hitting that night. And it was, I mean, it was the perfect, you know, I hate to use the you know, cliché, term but it was it was the perfect storm hmm. um you know big big blue norther coming down uh barometric pressures going wacko and it was you know if, if you look on the chart you know the four fish day you know the moon over major was it you know from 10 to 1 hmm. that day and uh we got back in a spot not far from here actually just across the bay and uh we're just throwing you know little white four inch paddle tails and uh we did a one big long wade and hadn't really hadn't hadn't really done much. And Aubrey's like, "Well, I'm going to walk back and get the boat." So he started walking back and getting the boat. Me and Sally kept fishing. She's like, "Man, I don't understand it. We caught some good fishing here a couple of weeks ago, and I cast up by the stuck blind and you know stuck a fish and started peeling drag. I thought I had a redfish on, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know I'm fighting it, and, and you know I'm fighting like a, like you do a red. You know you fight a trout differently. You know you got a big trout on, you give them a little bit more drag." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you just you just you crank down on them a little harder. You know, uh, trout you tend to give them a little bit more drag and you know be a little more you know dainty with them. And uh, I got that fish up close. You know, after a couple of good drag runs up close, and she rolled over, and uh, and I almost vomited. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she said she goes and Charlie goes holy <laughs> like get her phone out and starts starts filming and. Uh, this guy, I've got this monster trout, and I see she when she swung at that bait, she caught it right in the outside corner of her mouth. So it really was kind of on the outside. I'm not foul hooked, but yeah. you could just see where she swiped at it, and it stuck her right in the side of the mouth. And that's one reason why she had so much pull. But I had a, all I had on me, I didn't have a net. I had a boga. Well, that lure wasn't in her mouth, so her mouth was was shut. Huh. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I get her up there. She lays over on her side, nice and pretty. And I'm trying to get that boga in there. And she's got, I mean, she's just got her jaw just shut. And she starts shaking that head around. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to lose this Lord, fish. please no. I was, I was like, please, God, no. You know, so I, I reach down and try to uh, scoop her up and pancake her up against my chest. Well, she flips, flips out. And I remember on the video, Sally goes, oh, sh- like don't touch it don't do that no 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 and and i tuck my rod up under my arm and get both hands and scoop under that fish because she was pretty played out by that Mm -hmm. and just stuck her to my chest get my boga stick it in her mouth and then you know hyperventilated and and, 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 and just i mean completely lost all my composure 
Um, gave me a big kiss. Yeah, yeah. gave her a kiss. You know, <laughs> cried, cried a little bit. Um, called my dad. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you grow up your whole life down here fishing for that fish. And I, and I remember guiding uh, down there in Port Mansfield, and I put clients on some big fish like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and 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 the people that that I really appreciated were the people that were, that knew what they had. Yeah, it's like when somebody shoots a, a twelve pointer as their first year. I'm like, well, is that a good one? And you just want to uh, punch them in the head. Yeah, you know, like my no. son's going to shoot a doe this yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, He's shooting a buck. It's like, yeah, dude. I mean, I had a guy do that. He caught a he caught a trout a little over thirty inches. He'd never been saltwater fishing in his life. Never thrown lures. Nothing. Uh, went out there and. Uh, just hung a big trout and he's like is this a good one and i'm just like <laughs> i didn't talk to him for the rest of the day yeah <laughs> like get away from me so you know? so you get this monstrous trout obviously y'all photographed her oh, yeah. and and released her took sure. the measurements everything so you're gonna get this replica done of 33 inch fish yeah. and you, the tax service shorted you five inches <laughs> Yeah, I took it you to the guy. To guy's I'm name. not going to call. This him is out. just a funny story. I, I'm not going to call the guy out because he, he's a, he's a good guy, and he he he. I think he was in a hurry. He he ordered. You can you order these uh, these replica mounts. You know, you call the guys and they make a fiberglass cast of it. Yeah, and you know, it's got a little curve in it and all that, whatever. And I'm like, hey, you know, this is this is a big trout. I gave him all the exact measurements. I mean, because we had time to like measure girth, measure length. You know, we got the we got the right measurements on that trout. Took a took a bunch of pictures uh-huh. videos i mean we could he, he got all the spots right everything and i i go to pick it up from him and i'll look at it and i'm like man that looks exactly like that fish but there's one problem he's like what's that i said that that ain't 33 inches dude he goes yeah it is i'm like no it's not get a tape out and he got a tape out and he measured it and he was like you could just see the look on his face i won't i can't won't say it on this podcast but he's like mother just, like, he just put his hand on his face like i can't believe i did all that work you know because he i mean he painted it i mean it looked oh, gorgeous yeah. yeah i'm like um i'm not taking that <laughs> he's like oh man so he's like okay he goes i'll get it right this time he he and he called the people and they're like yeah that's the measurements you gave us he's like negative ghost rider it's not the measurements i gave you that fish is fish is 33 you know yeah 33 inches long you know i need a 33 inch piece of fiberglass you know that re- you know replica so i could paint this and sand it and do all that stuff and you know six months later i finally finally got, got my got, mount got your mount back. put it up in the house but yeah. yeah it was that was kind of funny just looking at that fish going yeah that's that's a that's a beautiful mount but uh i i've i don't ever ever remember wanting to mount a 28 and a half inch trout ever <laughs> in my life so, yeah well so sally this is uh an orvis endorse lodge right which that isn't an easy thing to uh, accomplish, and, and they don't just hand those out to anybody. No, it was about a one-year interview on that deal. Uh-huh. And they flew down all their corp people, you know, to give us the blessing. It's the only one in Texas, right? Huh? It's the only one in Texas? Well, we're the only dual-endorsed lodge in Texas. Okay. Uh-huh. So we're endorsed for fly fishing and for wing shooting. Mm. But, yeah, there's a few. There's, I think, three, two or three other lodges in Texas, uh, but mostly wing shooting. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that was a big deal. I mean, we, I had been endorsed by Orvis for a long time as a fly guide in Rockport. So they knew me and I'd been to their functions and what have you. And then when we opened this nice lodge, um, they were interested because they really wanted wild ducks in Texas. I mean, Baffin Bay is a duck hunting paradise and we don't, we we're so lucky because there's a tiny strip of humanity on Baffin, but the rest of it is either the King Ranch or the Kennedy Ranch, and you know, 25 miles of shoreline on either side of the bay has not a 
water tower or a condo or a boat ramp or a nothing. It's, it's like beautiful back in 500 today. years ago, it yeah. would look the exact same. So they really wanted this wild duck kind of fishery or huntery, but they really loved the fly fishing too. They didn't, didn't realize how great the fly fishing was down here. So when, when they all flew on down during the, I think it was early fall, uh, all the redfish and the black drum up in ankle deep water, crystal clear, hmm. you could hit the fish with your fly and they'd still eat your fly and... You know, they're just totally unpressured, no boats running the shorelines, and no people fishing up there, mm. except for us. So they were just enamored with the resource, for a good reason. Mm-hmm. Of course, us too. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> So this yeah. is our third year as an Orvis Endorse Lodge. I know, obviously, with the current state of affairs, this pandemic business is, you know, probably shut down for a while, and then... We everything opened back up, and I know a lot of the guides I've talked to. It's like access hunting right now. Yeah, just booking hunts left and right. Right, right. Um, I imagine that you got pretty busy pretty we, quick there. We we've been slammed for the last two months, which mm. is fun and nice, and the fishing has been just off the charts. So, it really worked out great, and I'm sorry that we're kind of falling back into the panic of all of that stuff. But um, our dove hunting coming up is totally booked up i think we might have some midweek stuff uh-huh. but everybody's really looking forward so we do cast and blast meaning we fish in the morning and we dove hunt in the afternoon and that's a huge social texas function yeah and, and so, so you have four or five boats or right we have we have five uh-huh. five guides including me and all of us stay pretty busy yeah yeah cast and blast so cast and blast and then do you do that during waterfowl season as well? It's called a blast and cast. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we duck hunt in the morning yeah. and we fish in the afternoon. Uh-huh. And uh, we, we're kind of unique here. We don't really use blinds. We, we duck hunt on the bank. Uh-huh. So we use panel blinds, portable panel blinds. And we sit in camel captain's chairs and we drink coffee and, and eat taquitos and, and snackages. And shoot the crap out of redheads. And yeah. And then we, and... when the ducks come in, you know, we call when necessary and we all have good dogs and, it's just a it's just a ton of fun, and mm-hmm. it's kind of easy for duck hunting. I mean, we all have boats; we all go by boat. Uh, guides carry all the stuff up to the bank, and and uh, it's we all have shallow water boats, yeah. so we bring the boats right up to the area where we're going to hunt and unload everything. And it's and there's no tide, so you don't have to think. Like one time, I went hunting with my buddy out of Portland, and uh, we spent the night. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, we spent the night on this island. We're like, oh, we're going to hunt in the morning. Well, the freaking water was like uh, 50 <laughs> yards from any cover because the tide went out. And right. I was like, I'm not a, you know, I'm not from the coast. I was like, Chisholm, you moron. It's like, you're from here. You know, that. They, what are you doing? So, yeah, it was. Yeah. The only thing that can happen bad like that is like today. You know how it was like 35 knots wind? Uh-huh. Well, if it's blowing from the southeast, it'll blow the water off that bank. Hmm. And so your boat could be high and dry. That also happened to us that day. Or if it blows from the north and you're on the south side, like let's say you're fishing or hunting the south side and a norther comes in and it starts blowing in your face, then the water blows up onto you and Mm. you have to back up. Yeah. So both of those things can happen. So you do have to pay attention to stuff like that, Chisholm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the spectacular waterfowling that exists here in Baffin Bay. And we'll put a nice little bow on this conversation. That segment was brought to you by Lone Star Beer and the Rio Hade Mexican-style lager. We'll be right back with more on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. If 
thinks about how free he feels when the sea wind meets his face and how the redfish bite on a cloudless night as the bass sounds softly played hey guys cable here for hunter's box club this month july i've partnered up with them and they are offering a limited edition and you can only get it through hunter's box club but a limited edition Lone Star Outdoor Show t-shirt. It's actually a cartoon that humorist Tim Spike Davis drew for me years back. But you can't get this shirt anywhere else. Plus, it comes with a European mount wall hanger and one to three items every month. Hunting-related items only in Hunter's Box Club. But you can't get this shirt anywhere unless you order. And here's the cool thing. $4.99. That's all you're going to pay for the first month. That's just the shipping. You're going to get the limited edition t-shirt and uh, whatever other hunting-related goodies are in the box this month for free. You can cancel at any time. No strings attached. So get your limited edition Lone Star Outdoor Show t-shirt. It's me in the studio sitting across from a huge buck. And uh, it says, I say, so where do you see yourself this fall? And his reply, hopefully not on your wall. Uh, it's a great cartoon. And you can't get it anywhere else. Check it out. Hunter's Box Club. $4.99. Cancel at any time when you use my promo code, which is just Lone Star. That's Lone Star when you check out at huntersboxclub.com. Hey, guys. Cable here for Coon Stopper. If you're tired of losing corn or protein to those pesky raccoons, well, here's your solution. If you're running a traditional feeder that has you know those long legs that coons like to climb up, rob you blind, well, you just attach the coon stopper to each leg. It's so easy. I just put one on a 300-pound all-seasons feeder, and <laughs> the results speak for themselves. Coons don't like it. They basically attempt one time, realize that it hurts, and they're done. Throw in the towel, just like that. It's the coon stopper, and you can find it at alamooutdoorworld.com. Well, the south coast of Texas, that's a thin slice of life It's salty and hard, it is stern as a knife Where the wind is for blowing up, hurricanes for showing Snakes how to swim One of my favorites the there from Guy Clark, south coast of Texas Bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show Cable Smith riding shotgun with you today Thank you so much for tuning in As we are taking an in-depth look last best place on the Texas coast, Bath and Bay, the legendary trout fishery, one that is truly unique, unlike any other marine ecosystem out there. And we've discussed why exactly it is so unique in detail here today with Captain Sally Black and our friend Darren Jones. And we'll get back into that conversation here momentarily. Uh, but first, this segment is proudly brought to you by Stealth Cam and the WXA wireless camera this thing is awesome it sends live photos to the app on my cell phone uh, they also have a uh, vxa for verizon so whether you uh, have better service with at&t or verizon in your area they've got you covered there monthly plans are like as low as i think i pay like five maybe eight bucks a month and uh that's for more photos more memory than you could ever use so if you want to monitor your wildlife remotely Check it out. You can find the WXA at StealthCam.com. 
All right. Uh, well, let's let's talk a little more about the excellent waterfowling that Baffin Bay provides. And Sally, I'm sure that you guys get a lot of redheads down here on the Texas coast, pintails, and you know, just looking at the walls in the lodge, looks like a wide array of other species as well. But I was looking in the lodge yesterday, and this duck, I was like, I think I know my ducks pretty well, uh, and anything that you can shoot in Texas. I'm looking at this thing and I, I can't figure it out. And I and it was a hen, so it didn't have the you know the plumage of a of a male. It and took, what it was took, it? It took a wrong turn in Albuquerque, yeah. that's for sure. So, yeah. yeah so that that duck um, is a scoter, a white wing scoter, mm-hmm. and it n- never leaves south of the Great Lakes. So I don't know. It must have got on a bad current <laughs> or something. Got into the Central Flyway is yeah. really what happened. So the Central f- Flyway brings down uh, redheads. Pintails, widgeon, teal, bufflehead, model duck. Um, well, they never leave the model duck. They just stay here. Some model ducks yeah. stay here. Mm. Um, and then She's also uh, gadwall, <laughs> scop. Uh-huh. And, and we'll shoot, uh, traditionally we'll shoot about 13 species in a year. Uh. But predominantly, we call it the Baffin trifecta, yeah. right? And it, sometimes it changes, but... Red redheads, pintails, widgeon. Okay. It could be redheads, pintails, teal, or it could be, yeah, a, a different varieties, right? Some years it's just redhead central. Some years it's pintail central. Hmm. Um, but it's 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 a fun. It's what's really fun about it is watching all those ducks coming into this wild area. You know, there's just no pressure. There's no airboats running them around. You know, they're not all wrapped it up in the middle, mm-hmm. like in Rockport or other places where there's a ton of airboats. Just and they and we don't plant people in duck blinds hoping for the best. We go where the ducks want to be, and all of these ranches have a lot of big freshwater tanks and pump tanks. So these ducks set themselves up to go back and forth. So they'll sit on that on that freshwater and then they'll fly on out and they'll park on the shorelines and jerk up all the grass or eat fish or whatever they're doing mm-hmm. here, whatever species of duck, puddles or divers. And um and so they'll they'll come flying down those shorelines and it's pretty much a guaranteed deal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they pile in and sometimes you have to really work at it. But yeah. just like fishing or any other outdoor adventure. But the the duck hunting here, it's kind of the end of the road for redheads. Yeah. So this is the place where they all migrate to. And oh, like I think like eighty percent of the continental population ends up on the Texas coast. Right. I mean, they, this, right. yeah, this is where they in come the lower to. Laguna. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in the lower Laguna Madre, mm-hmm. right? And in the upper Laguna Madre. So we're Baffin Bay is adjacent to the upper Laguna. Mm-hmm. And so you you can take your boat and go on the back of the Padre Island National Seashore and run up black clouds of redheads. Mm. And there won't be one stick of grass left over there. And miraculously, come spring, all the grass grows back. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. Mm. But we love duck hunting here. We love our dogs. We love spending days with dogs. And um, sometimes they'll spend all day with us. Sometimes we, after duck hunting, we won't come back. We'll just stay out and fish. If the weather's really nice, yeah. we'll stay out and fish. So dogs sleeping on the boat, decoys, dead ducks, uh, chairs, blinds, <laughs> the whole nine yards, and we're all out wade fishing. <laughs> so whatever it takes, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and that's the the other thing that I love about this fishery is that I mean, you don't have to wade fish, but why wouldn't you? It's it's shallow pretty much. Yeah. You, know, most you can of the almost you walk can across the whole dang bank. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's easy walking. It's not muddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, wade fishing is real productive here because of what we talked about really early on in our conversation about how different Baffin Bay fishes than other bays. Mm-hmm. Low, slow, methodic, methodical. Yeah. So we, I mean, we went out today. I think we probably caught a dozen or so small trout and then, and I had never, I've it told you It was pretty guys, sad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the wind was just beaten. Oh my gosh. Down, yeah. And we knew that going into right. it. Um, you never know until you go. That's right. But uh, I told y'all, I, you know, my experience on the coast has just been mostly with live bait as far as, you know, targeting trout and redfish. That's my college buddy Chisholm. That's what I've been doing with him for 15 years. And his dad taught him that way. And so, you know, I asked you when I got here last night and I knew the answer was going to be, we were throwing artificial, but I was like, when was the last time you had live bait on your boat? Right. <laughs> last time I fished with live bait, yeah. 2002. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I knew that was out of the question. And, and then you think about, Oh, well, Darren was like, well, you bass fish. So it's no different than that. And, uh, I hooked, it was the first fish I caught on an artificial, um, wade fishing. And it was a nice flounder. Really nice flounder. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was excited about that. Everybody is when they hook a flounder. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. And he's going to taste delicious. Yeah. Uh, probably stuff him with crab meat or something. I don't know. When we, you know, fished our tails off, but that <laughs> yeah, was, we worked that was pretty the hard. Yeah. We worked pretty hard. I and saw a lot of baffin, though. Uh, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the upper laguna. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, whole bass, the whole bass fisherman, the bass fisherman thing, um, when guys come down here from East Texas and I'll ask them and say, Hey, are you a bass fisherman? And they're, some of these guys are pretty hardcore bass fishermen. Like, yeah. You're not gonna have any problem because yeah. you know, you could take a guy from down here that's been, you know, that's just throwing live bait or doing whatever. And you stick him on a bass lake and, and you know, he looks like Ricky Bobby, you know, he didn't know what to do with his hands. <laughs> you know, he just stands there like looks around, but you take a bass fisherman that fishes, you know, finesse fishes with worms or, you know, throws top waters and crankbaits and things like that. They, they pick it up bass you know aubrey was a bass fisherman yeah. for for a long 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 time mm-hmm. uh, and then came on the saltwater scene but uh you know fish tournaments and all that kind of stuff so i tell guys if, if you're a bass fisherman and you know how to work a plastic worm and, or you're you know catching small mouth on jigs and things like that then you're you're going to pick this up a whole lot faster right than than vice versa you know I, I always try to really encourage bass fishermen to get you're throwing about the same about the same tackle you're not throwing those really stiff rods for you know yanking bass out of brush cover and things mm-hmm. like that but you know you're you know if, if you have the finesse game down then you're you're going to do fine you know catching trout especially in the winter when you have to go really slow and you're throwing like the you know the subsurface you know corkies and and you know some of the other subsurface kind of twitch baits mm-hmm. um you, you, you have a lot better you're going to have a lot better advantage over guys that that that, that don't so you caught your monster trout in november no, it was December. Oh, December. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, obviously, wintertime is a good time to catch big trout. And these uh, speckled trout, they spawn twice a year. Right. Right. So, that that's interesting because we, I mean, take bass, for example, we were just talking about. Not, that's every spring, you know. I mean, I know the day that I caught my 10-pound bass, and I could probably go back there the next year, and there's a decent chance she's going to be in that area. But it's a one-time, you know, it's right. once a year. Right. So here, there's several reasons fish get really big in the winter. 
one of them that we already talked about, they don't do anything. They just mm-hmm. hang out and get bigger. Sitting eat, on the couch eat, eating Cheetos. And, right. Eat, yeah. grow, and procreate. But the other reasons, so when the water temperature starts to drop after the summer, everything's happy, go lucky in the summer, right? They don't have to think about anything, no impetus from Mother Nature to do anything. So when the temp- water temperature starts to drop, that's the signal to all fish in this bay, every bay in Texas. Remember last year when you almost starved and you almost froze and, you know, you better start eating. So Mother Nature gives them a hint. Water temperature dropping, something is going to happen next. And, it, and it's going to get cold and it's going to be winter. Mm-hmm. So fish get the message. They start to eat. And they eat when they can and they eat a lot when they can. So during these big northers that come through, they might take a break for a couple of days and hide out, get kind of low and, and hide um, stay uh, undercover, deeper, don't move very much and, and conserve all their energy. But then as soon as they can, when the real danger is over, they're like, wow, g- give me a big fat mullet right now. <laughs> so uh, trout can eat two thirds their body length, which is, you know, unbelievable, Amazing, yeah. right? So they're a 23 inch trout eating a 15 inch mullet or whatever. It's crazy, but they do. And um, so they're starting to feed up for the winter. And they eat whenever they can, and they eat a lot. And so as time goes by, they're pretty hefty all winter long. And then water temperature starts to rise. And Mother Nature gives them another hint. Hey, the spawn is coming. And you need energy for the spawn. Because trout don't have any muscles to expel eggs. They actually beat themselves on the bottom Hmm. when they're spawning. So it takes a whole lot of energy for them to make all the eggs then expel them you know and fight who all the predators and um get all the boyfriends and what have you you know Hmm. the trout thing so they are really really um feeding up again based on what mother nature is telling them water temperature rising and so then they start to spawn when the water temperature gets about 80 degrees and stays there and that could happen you know April, May. This year it was early June, believe it or not. Mm. The water temperature was high enough for a while, but the spawn was kind of late, which I thought was really interesting because it can happen in March. Mm. But So the trout eat up for the spawn. So they're eating up for winter. Then they start eating based on water temperature dropping. And then they start eating up for the spawn based on water temperature rising. And then once the spawn is over, they just go to the beach and hang out. <laughs> so, and so when what I is sp- the second spawn, though? Well, it happens in the fall. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> water temperature falling. Yeah. And there, there is a, it's not the same as the spring right. spawn at all. But it does happen. Uh-huh. It's and, just interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's a, you know, Mother Nature just keeps on packing Baffin Bay full <laughs> of trout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes Baffin Bay is not in very good shape. Based on because it's a hypersaline landlocked lagoon, there's no freshwater inflow, there's no tidal influx. So sometimes the salinity get this place is called the wild horse desert because it's a desert, it can be a desert. We've had a lot of rain recently, um, which everything looks pretty lush and the bay's in great shape, and there's lots of grass. and, And I've seen the bay crystal clear where you could see seven or eight feet down, but then. Uh, sometimes we'll have a little freeze. Sometimes something will happen for what, it, I, I don't know. It just randomly happens. And we have what's called a brown tide. 
and the whole bay looks like a mud puddle in the Walmart parking lot. Mm. Not saying that the fish leave. Fishermen leave, but fish don't leave. <laughs> right. So two of our very best big trout years were in the heart of the drought, the heart of the brown tide. And basically, it, a lot of it was because Aubrey and I figured out the pattern and worked the pattern for a whole year or two years. Hmm. And there were no other fishermen here because in their mind, the brown tide stopped the fishing. But it didn't. Fish don't go anywhere. They don't leave here. Mm-hmm. Fishermen do, but fish, fish don't. <laughs> you know, a lot of it goes back to... Um, a friend of mine named Mark Davis has a show called um, called Big Water Adventures, and he's like, "Look, you know, you have if you have big deer on a ranch, and you manage for big deer, then you're probably going to have big deer urine and you're out. Mm-hmm. And some some places it's just you have genetics, you know, like some some ranches just have better genetics than others. Like this this ranch just continuously, you know, low fence, you know, and, and they just crank out big deer. It's because you know they just there's big kids on that block, right." And Baffin is that way. And and most people, even, you know, even bait guides, whoever, there's a, a good portion of people that realize that in order for us to maintain that that status in Baffin is that they let a lot of these big fish go. Hmm. Uh, personally, uh, for me, for a long time, if it was 25 or bigger, I let it go. And now there's this, a, a big push to to say, you know, if, if it's over 20, let it swim away. Uh, some days I keep fish, some days I don't. Like today, you know, we didn't keep any fish. You know, we kept the flounder. We were like, well, let's not keep fish today. The flounder's yeah, well, on. Flounder, okay, flounder, we're going to keep the flounder. flounder. <laughs> Poor flounder don't catch a break. But, you know, you know, was, when I was down at the island visiting my folks, we went out one evening and we caught probably three limits of keeper trout. We didn't keep one of them, mm. you know, because we had had, we already had fresh fish in the fridge from two days before. It's like, well, we don't need any more. You know, we're going to eat that. We need to eat what we have and then we'll come back and catch some more. So, because uh, I don't like freezing fish if I don't have to, um, but you know, there's there's a big push for that, and I'm glad there's a push for that. Um, same as with the snook down further south, uh, letting those big snooks swim away, and uh, and same with with big trout. You know, if uh, if you catch a trout over, you know, between 23 and 25, it's more than likely gonna be a big female. It's gonna be a female, and she's gonna have you know, she looks like her belly's all full. She's probably full of eggs. You know, let her go, because I mean. I, I I forget the number on on how many millions of eggs of a twenty inch trout can lay. It's, it's an incredible amount. Well, to put it like into terms where I'm from, like why would anyone keep a five pound bass? Exactly. Right. I'm not a you know especially like stock tanks. We'll go and wear the bass out. Anything under two pounds, puts we put it on a stringer. You know because you're trying to call the population. Just like with deer or anything else, you got to take thing. some of the smaller fish out. Um, but if you catch a five pound bass. That's yeah. cool. Take your picture. Yeah. Give her a kiss. Yeah. Send her it's, back it's, on her way. It's it's taking a fish, you know, a, a thirty inch trout is probably what seven years old, you know, seven eight mm-hmm. years old, and even bigger. And and I don't think they've really done any like life cycle studies on on speckled trout. I'd be interested to know that actually. I'd like to talk to the guys over in Corpus. Yeah. They you know. have. have. Have they? Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Stuns is the guy's name that has really really. Um, looked at trout tagged a lot of trout followed a lot of trout and i asked him he was doing a seminar here at the lodge for some kids that were here and i asked him about um mortality on catch and release mm. and he said it was 10 percent. Mm. and then i asked him about the mortality on the tournament guys you know like they catch those big trout and they put them in their 
uh, fish tanks with oxygen and they're live uh, weigh-ins, right? And then, they, so they take them out of Baffin, which is 45 or 50 parts per thousand salinity, and they take them to Corpus to weigh them in, and then they release them in Corpus, which is like 30 or 35 parts per thousand. So it's a completely different mm -hmm. atmosphere for those big fish. And so I asked him, they tag a lot of those fish. And I asked him about the mortality of those fish, and he said 30%. Mm. I asked him, where do those fish go? Do they stay in Corpus? He said, no, they swim back to Baffin. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So they have these transducers all over Baffin where they track these fish. I mm -hmm. had no idea. And it's so interesting. Um, that is fascinating. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Sportfishing.org, I think, is the name of his little organization. But it's an offshoot of the Heart Institute in Corpus. And those guys are like cutting edge, uh, understanding. Oh, yeah. They've done a lot of stuff on red, on the red snapper fishery. Yes, and mm -hmm. flounder. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, big trout. Yeah. But, yeah. And Swim sharks. all the way back to Tons Baffin. Tons of sharks. Swim back to Baffin oh, from Corpus Christi. Where the where they getting's good. <laughs> oh, you know where they're happy. Like, you know, they want to go home. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that genetics that Darren was talking about, very interesting. When you catch a big fish like a 22 or a 23, uh, the majority of them don't have very many spots. They might have four or five spots on their body, and their fins and tails have spots. But their their bodies are very silvery and shiny. And that is the genetics. That's the 180 deer. Mm -hmm. So those fish, um, they're going to be the big 30 inchers or 32. Or maybe what we're looking for is the new state record. Right. Right. So that's our goal in life right here at, at Baffin Bay Riding Gun. We don't care who catches it. It could be one of us. It could be you. It could be our customers. But we want to catch the new state record. You think and, it's out there? Well, Baffin has had three of the last four. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know it's out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Yeah. I hope it's not some dude uh, with a big dip of Copenhagen and a 12-pack of Bud Light in a cooler on a pier one night. With a croaker. And decides to keep it to eat it. You know, like that's my greatest fear. However, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want one of us to catch it. Well, the Texas bass, uh, the Texas largemouth record was caught on Lake Fork on the uh, uh, Barry St. Clair. He caught it crappie fishing i think with the minnow right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and but he did all the right things right right you know? right pretty awesome yeah yeah well as we kind of wrap things up here this place is set up obviously for families corporate groups i'm sure you get a lot of corporate mm -hmm. groups come down here right um and you guys will cater and got a full bar i was made myself a right. drink last night right yeah yes um, we we have all the amenities we're out in the middle of nowhere you know so we provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and and um, full bar, beer on tap. We have a swim, swimming pool, fire ring, uh, lots of fun games to play. I call it bags, but I think a lot of people call it cornhole. Cornhole. Yeah. <laughs> and washers. And then we have a casting pond, a really cool uh, fly fishing practice casting pond out on our lot. It's uh, made out of fake turf, and it has uh, some cool targets that you can cast to. Hmm. I didn't show you that, but that's, mm -mm. it's pretty cool. Lots of people love it. And, and so where can folks find you? Well, we're, we're actually omnipresent. So we're on, the, <laughs> and we're, on, we're on our website, of course, Baffin Bay Rod and Gun.com. And then we are on Instagram, Baffin Bay Rod and Gun.com. And then we're on Facebook, Baffin Bay Rod and Gun.com. And, and now we're Cap on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. That's right. Yeah. And lucky for us. And um, Captain Sally Black has her own page and site and sometimes i'll be independent and post some fun stuff and 
um, not just all business oriented. Yeah. And uh, we've, we've got a lot of dogs, so we put up dog stuff. And we're very dog friendly here, so people bring their dogs. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And we're kid friendly. So, yeah, we do it all. We, we have the suite that we're sitting in, great for couples. Yeah. Um, well, I've certainly enjoyed my stay. I look forward to the next time. Hopefully the wind will uh, give us a break yeah, next we, time we're going we down. Yeah, we kind of got screwed on yeah. the deal. But, but we know, do that. We, I mean, like I, like I told you, I was planning on bringing my son. We were going to go offshore for Red Snapper this weekend. Well, and that got, you know, looking at the weather, Chisholm's dad was like, that ain't happening. All right. And so I was like, eh, Chisholm, I told Henry, I was like, we're not going offshore, so that means you're not coming because we're going to be late fishing, buddy. And you're yeah. going to be, you know, underwater. <laughs> well, you know, we we take tons of kids wade fishing, uh-huh. believe it or not. Little anglers, I call them. You know, they, they might have their own rod and reel. They got their own little wading belt. You know, they got their own little boots. And they're yeah. into fishing. So we take a lot of kids that are into fishing. But we teach a lot of kids. We teach a lot of adults. So here we're all really proud of, of our um, – saying that we are teaching guides Mm -hmm. because baffin is a pretty advanced fishery overall but you don't have to be an advanced fisherman to catch a lot of fish here Mm -hmm. especially in the summertime drifting the big rock piles in the middle of the bay with gulp under a popping cork it's every cast and little kids (laughs) screaming and hollering and love it so it's not just a snob fishery for big trout snobs right it's every guy fishery if you like to fly fish and walk shallow ankle deep on the sand sight cast a redfish and black drum uh it's here if you want to catch a big giant trout that we talked about it's here if you want to catch a bunch of redfish just throwing drifting throwing uh, plastics into potholes that's here too Mm -hmm. it's it's a cool place yeah it's very um uncrowded which is a hard thing to find on the texas the coast last these days. best place on the texas coast it is yeah. and it well, is well and darren um we used some of your new gear on this trip as well so uh, as we're wrapping up tell us a little bit about feral concepts uh feral concepts kind of got started from from guiding and fishing down here on baffin and uh I, i'm really not doing anything new i'm just doing a twist on a on a waiting box and I, I kind of see things that, that I'm like, you know, I, I like this piece of gear, but I think I could make it better or add a few things to it. And, uh, I do a waiting box, uh, build my own straps with uh, a lot of, you know, different loops and, and, uh, attachment points where you can put your pliers and you can put a stringer or you can, uh, uh every box comes with like a long liner clip, like you were keeping your stringer on today, mm-hmm. uh, comes with a couple of those. And, uh, I use the, um, I use the Flambeau Z-Rust boxes that keep there that are impregnated with a with a chemical that keeps your stuff from rusting, and it actually works. It it, it works pretty good. Yeah. You know, on the uh, the dark colored boxes, uh, the 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 clear ones don't have that in there, mm-hmm. uh, but the dark colored ones have it. And those those actually work pretty well. And um, the uh, the ch- I'm making some chest rigs as well because I like to I like to duck hunt in the timber. Uh, up in East Texas, and I like to keep my ammo on me. Uh, it's an old kind of a military thing that was, you know, beat into our our heads. Is don't ever keep your, you know, let your weapon or your ammo out of arm's reach. And mm-hmm. I like having it on me. I don't like hanging on a tree or keeping it in a bag in a blind. I like having it near me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, do that, and I also use it for turkey hunting and a lot of other things. And um, uh, and I have a couple of uh, just big like big uh i don't want to call them a duffel bag but like a just a big boat bag to stick your um 
you know, you could stick your lures in there. You could use it to carry firewood. You could use it for a beach bag, you know, things like that. Just a little bit, uh, you know, tougher made, yeah. a little bit thicker, out of better material. But yeah, that's that's, that's how it all kind of got started. And you know, we we have apparel, uh, hats, and things like that. I've, I've got actually, I've got. Uh, uh, that's that's my task this week is to get all that finalized to get some more hats and more more shirts because I got sold out of them. So I cool. guess that's a good. Prop. Where can folks good, find you? Good, on? good problem to have. What's that? Where can people find that? Uh, feralconcepts.com uh-huh. and on Instagram it's just at feralconcepts. Okay, cool. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sally, thank you so much for uh, for having me down here. Thank you. I look it was forward, awesome. and uh, I'll tell Henry that you said he could come next time. <laughs> Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, you should bring him this summer. He will. He's going to be butt hurt when he sees that flounder. <laughs> <laughs> he will be. Yeah. But when he eats it, he'll be like, mm. yeah. "Well, thanks again. It exceeded my expectations, and it's truly a beautiful place you have here." Well, thank you so much, Cable. Yeah. So there you have it, Baffin Bay, the last best place on the Texas coast. Uh, thanks to Captain Sally Black and our buddy Darren Jones. Unfortunately, we got to get out of here, man. We've gone way over today. That segment was brought to you by Our Luck Outfitters, offering the finest in Newfoundland moose hunting, by the way. I want to thank all of our sponsors for making this show possible. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. We will do it again, same time, same place next week. Until then, I'm Cable Smith saying tight lines, and y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Just a few.